I've had the craziest fortnight, like the absolute fucking craziest. I'm so over these gay boys. I can't fucking deal. I wish, uh, I wish I could just wake up straight. I wish I could just fucking wake up straight. I'm over it. I have had it officially. So I took a break last week from my podcast because there was so much fucking shit going on. I, it was just too much. It was too much fucking bullshit going on. Um, and I'm going to talk about it today. So basically, as I told you guys last week or the week before, sorry, the week before in my podcast about the issues I was having with this guy who had so many issues. Anyway, so I get a call from him a week ago. No caller ID because I blocked him. And... I knew this guy for a couple of weeks, right? A couple of fucking weeks. I get a call from him and he's like, hey, I'm calling to let you know that I've moved on. <laughs> and I've moved on and I've found love and I'm with someone and he makes me really happy. I was like, okay, great. Why are you calling me on no caller ID to tell me this? He's like, I want you to know that you really hurt me and you broke my heart, but I found love now and I'm in a better place. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why the fuck are you calling me to tell me this? And... So I, I just listened to the call because like, I, I mean, I stayed on the call to listen to him, but because he's, he, this guy is truly so fucked up in the head, like so fucking mentally fucked. I was like, I'm going to stay on this call and just listen to what he has to say. So I listened to what he was saying and he basically was like, Hey, Elias, like this call is just to let you know that I'm happy now. And I found love and I found the one of my dreams. I'm like, you're fucking insane, dude. Like you're actually fucking insane. Cause two weeks ago you were telling me how much you're in love with me, whatever. I'm like, okay, great. Like, I'm really happy for you. That's fine. Like, why are you calling me? Stop calling me on no caller ID. Stop fucking sending me messages. Leave me the fuck alone. And he's like, yeah, well, I guess I just want to let you know that I'm happy now and I'm not thinking about you. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> so I was dealing with that because that has been going on for a couple of weeks now because of how fragile he is. And basically I couldn't, the thing is we weren't dating. I knew, literally knew him for three, four weeks, but I couldn't do shit because he was so fragile and like I was scared to end it. And whatever the fuck it was, because he kept threatening to like harm himself or kill himself. So I sought the help of my psychologist and we've slowly been trying to find ways to let him down. And one way I did that, and you know, I'm sharing this with you guys, if you're ever in this situation, when you have a psychotic fucking serial killer that you're potentially dating and you don't know how to let them off slowly or kindly so as to not hurt them. Basically what I was doing was I was like slowly ghosting him, like slowly stopping to reply to his messages, not opening his Snapchats, not responding to any of his, um, you know, replies or anything like that. You know, he'd send me cute stuff and I would ignore him all day. So slowly, slowly over time, he started to gauge that I was losing interest. So I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. Eventually it reached tipping point for me. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to have to rip the bandaid off. And I told him, I'm like, look, I'm done. I'm done with this. You're absolutely insane. You have so many fucking issues. You have so many fucking um, like deep, deep rooted issues that you are projecting onto me and I can't fix you. Like, I don't, I don't care to fix you. I have other issues to worry about. Like, please leave me the fuck alone. And he was absolutely distraught, like just for a couple of days, he was just telling me how he's going to harm himself and kill himself. And honestly, I was going to bed easy at night. Like I couldn't give a fuck. I truly don't give a fuck. Like if you try to project that onto me, I do not care because you should already be having your shit together as a grown fucking man. If you are not ready to date, don't fucking date. If you have issues, don't fucking come into my life trying to get me to fucking fix you and heal you. Cause that's not my fucking job. You should be able to do that on your own. And don't ever make somebody feel guilty about leaving you if you have your own fucking issues that you need to address. And that's the reason why the relationship didn't fucking work. Anyway, so that was that. 
I got a call from him and he was just like, it was so bizarre. But I listened to the call just to kind of like give him that peace of mind and that closure that he really needed. Like, this is a grown fucking 30 year old man calling me to tell me that he's moved on and he's found love. I was just like, this is fucking insane. Like, why is he doing this? <laughs> but, you know, I stayed on the corner, listened to him. So that was that. And I'm so glad that's done. I think I'm going to take a break from dating for a long time because I'm just fucking over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm so over it. I just keep attracting the broken fucking weirdos, the psycho fucking schizophrenic ugh, idiots. I'm done. I'm done. They have so much fucking baggage and it's always me that has to fix them. And I'm just so over it. Mentally, I am so drained and exhausted right now. Like you guys don't even understand. I'm so, so, so drained of having to deal with grown men and their fucking bullshit. Like whatever happened to the good old, let's just go to the movies, go to the arcade, have dinner, chill out, you know, the next day, you know, maybe send a couple of texts. This guy just wanted me 24 seven, wanted me to drop everything in my life, drop everything I have and give him all of my time and energy and money and also try to fix all his issues. Fuck off. Like fuck the fuck off. Whatever happens to just falling in love naturally and going with the flow and just seeing how things flow naturally. Like, why are we forcing love so quickly? Why am I giving these guys chances, especially guys that want to move so fast? I think part of me enjoys the fact that they are so desperate to have me be in love with them that I enjoy the thrill. I enjoy the fact that they're chasing me. I enjoy the fact that they're like doing everything that they possibly can to get my attention. Like part of me sadistically is like into that. I don't know why, um, but it's truly fucked up because I cannot handle the intensity that some of these guys are bringing to the table if you try to get me to fall in love with you in the course of a week or two you're absolutely fucking insane like that takes months love and trust and honesty takes months and months of work stop expecting people to fall in love with you just like that that's not how life works it's not next up on the agenda we have god so basically earlier this week um i was masturbating and then something had happened when I ejaculated I felt this really bad stabbing pain in my in my butt right and I don't like I don't use my butt when I'm masturbating it's just you know my hand and my dick whatever and I felt this really uncomfortable pain in my butt which I imagined was my prostate right so I I like it was the stabbing pain like came and then it went away for a bit it basically was just like a, a knife to my asshole. It was literally killing me after I had ejaculated. Anyway, I got up, cleaned myself, showered, and the pain had subsided a little bit. And then I got dressed and went to the gym. And then as I parked at the gym in the parking lot, the stabbing pain came back and it was excruciating. I could not get out of the car. I was literally hunched over in the, you know, in the driver's seat. I was just like hugging my steering wheel from how bad the pain was. Basically, it was this pain traveling from my butthole to like the front area, like, you know, upwards towards my crotch my groin area it was excruciating hurting me so 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 much I've never felt a pain like that before right there have been times in the past where I have felt pain after ejaculating and like I I mean I guess it happens from like an intense orgasm or like a really intense session but I've never felt that pain that I felt earlier this week I could not stand up. I was in so much pain. It took at least like 20 minutes to go away. And I was so scared to like call anyone or do anything. I was just frozen in time. It was honestly terrifying. I was stuck in the gym parking lot and I couldn't explain to anybody like what I was feeling. I didn't want anybody to think like, I didn't, I, well, I, it was just, it was really like, 
explicit sensitive thing to say at that point so I didn't know who to call or text or what to do so I just I felt frozen in time and I just sat there in my car I was just like I'm in so much freaking pain I don't know what to do so I waited and I waited for the pain to go away and I was drinking my water and then it went away anyway um the next day I went to the doctors my general practitioner I'm like Tim something's like really something's been going on for some time with like my prostate I don't know what it is but every time I ejaculate I just get like a stabbing pain there like in my butt it's so weird because I'm not like stimulating my butt like I'm not touching it at all you know I don't you know I don't finger myself I don't do any of those things like why is it hurting me so much he's like oh it could just be like an intense orgasm or intense ejaculation or you're probably just like you know you could just be doing certain things that are, you know, triggering it, like uh, edging for hours or, you know, causing like a hyperstimulation. I'm like, no, that doesn't sound right. Like, honestly, that doesn't sound right to me at all. And immediately after, I mean, earlier that day, I was doing like, some Google searches. And, you know, one thing you don't do when you're not feeling well is Google your symptoms. And Google told me that I might have prostate cancer. The thing is, I'm 25 years old. It's very unlikely for a 25-year-old to get prostate cancer. In fact, I've never heard of such a thing. And I couldn't find any evidence or articles on the internet saying so. And I said to my GP, I'm like, do you think I might have prostate cancer or like early onset prostate cancer? He's like, there's no possible chance. I'm like, okay, well, do you think you could send me off for some tests or something? And he's like, there's no point really. You're too young, whatever. And I, I don't know. I didn't like that response. I felt like it was a really, I felt like he really brushed me off because I have been feeling a stabbing pain every time I ejaculate for some time. And, you know, I've done all my tests. I've done all my STI screening, whatever. Like I'm all clear. I, I, I'm a super huge germaphobe. I'm a super huge, like I am so paranoid. I will probably get tested like every couple of times I have sex. They do say you should get tested every three months, but I'm always getting tested. In fact, the guys at the clinic absolutely hate me because I'm such a germaphobe. I'm such a clean freak that I'm always getting tested because I'm absolutely petrified of getting like STIs and whatnot. So I'm always like always keeping that shit up to date and making sure that I'm all clear. And I do my blood tests as well. Cause you know, cause when I'm on steroids, I have to do my blood tests and my kidney and my liver, whatever. So I try to make sure everything's up to date and up to scratch. So that was fine. Um, but I was like, why does, like, why do I get a stabbing pain in my groin and my crotch and in my butt? And sometimes it travels to my back as well. It's so bizarre. Like, what's going on? And I said to the GP, I'm like, I really want to get tested for prostate cancer. Like, I know you don't think I could have it because I'm 25, but I think it's better safe than sorry. And he's like, all right, I'll book you in. And so I've been referred to a specialist now. I guess I'm going to go get that examined, my prostate or whatever. Hopefully it's nothing. I really don't know what it could be. I'm really hoping it's not. I mean, I... Is it, com um, is it a thing to get that at 25? I've never heard of such a thing. Um, if you guys listening know of anything, like please feel free to let me know, but I've never heard of such a thing happening to such a young person. Um, I pray to God I don't have it, and I also pray that I don't ever get it, you know, but um, yeah, I'm definitely going to get tested, and I'll let you guys know how I go with that. It's really scary, really, really scary. Something else that happened in the last fortnight that really, I guess, affected me emotionally was um, this opportunity with Big Brother. I got a call from a producer saying they wanted to get me on the show and to meet with, you know, the showmakers or whatever. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm so down. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'd love this opportunity. It wasn't for the celebrity VIP Big Brother that just happened in Australia. The the really, yeah, there was like a celebrity one with Caitlyn Jenner or whoever, not like anybody's watching her, but she's the only person I can think of that was on the show. Um, and Omarosa. I don't know why they had all these Republicans from America on TV, I guess just for viewings and ratings and because they knew they would say some crazy shit and people would be tuning in. Anyway, so there was a, 
there was that version of Big Brother that season that just finished, I think. I don't know. I, I don't really know, to be honest. I haven't watched anyway, I haven't watched the show in a long time. But they asked me to be on the season after that's about to start filming. And they were asking me questions, like really personal questions about my family. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to answer these questions in hopes that I get on the show. This would be such great exposure. I can tell my story, you know, through the way I want to, just like I do on my podcast, just like I do on my Instagram, you know. I could finally get like a national, potentially a globular, maybe even worldwide platform where I can talk about it. And, you know, people love Big Brother. People love, well, from my understanding, people love the old season of Big Brother when it was raw and authentic and genuine. And it was actually just like, you know, your silly, like typical Bogan Australians just having a laugh and kicking and like pulling jokes and pranks on each other. Like I, that's how I remember Big Brother when it would just be all laughs and jokes and like sexy time like uncut edition and you were like 12 13 years old trying to watch it when your parents fell asleep on like friday night uncut version like that's what big brother was to me it has such a like it has such a feel-good feeling about it because it was just so raw and authentic and they were just like your typical australians on tv but having a laugh but now you know i don't think that's the vibe they're going for they were basically like really really pushing for um a moment of um like we were like really pushing for me to talk about what had happened with my family, my sexuality. And, you know, like I said in my podcast about getting kicked out of home, I had started off that podcast specifically by saying this is an old situation and I'm beyond it and I'm past it, but I'm addressing it simply for the sake of the podcast and for my new viewers and listeners to understand more about me, who Elias is and more of my background. And same goes here. I don't feel the need to reopen such old wounds. I don't understand why everybody needs a gay or LGBTQ plus person to bring a traumatic story to TV or to a documentary or to like, I just don't understand why all we have going for us are trauma stories or like sad stories where people can cry. When's like, it's just fucking like, I'm over it. Like, why can't we talk about other things? There are so many other amazing things about me. There are so many things I can talk about. Like, I can talk about being Middle Eastern, growing up with, you know, barely anything, you know, a poor family and then still graduating university with two degrees, being a personal trainer, um, changing lives through my fitness journey, changing my own life, my weight loss journey. Um, there's so many things I can talk about. Why do I have to talk about being kicked out of home for being gay? Like, it's just such a struggle story. And like, I know why they want it. People will tune in. I'm just like, it's just like so... I don't know. It's just like, it's too much to talk about on TV because if you talk about it on TV, like that, like, like that's there forever. And all of Australia will be listening and having their own views. There's one thing about my followers knowing things about me because I'm not Beyonce. I don't have millions of followers. There's not millions of people listening to me, but those that do know my story, know my story. And that's cool with me, but I don't know how I feel about all of Australia knowing my story. And then all of my, you know, all of Australia speculating and creating drama where drama doesn't exist. People will then come for my mother and come for my family when it was like five, six years ago. And we're over it and we're great now. Like, I don't know why we would reopen such an old wound. And then there's also, you know, after Big Brother, you get press and promotion and marketing and God knows the news articles that could be like, it could create a whirlwind of new drama in the press. Like, who the fuck knows? Like, I'll always be known as the gay boy, the gay Middle Eastern boy that got kicked out of home and went on Big Brother and, you know, 
that like that's gonna be my storyline no fucking way there's so much more about me that i want to share like i'm a great fucking person i'm a catch i'm hilarious i'm funny i'm outspoken i'm witty i'm like i'm really quick with it and why would i go on tv crying about my mother kicking me out of home for being gay like it's just i'm over it i'm over talking about it it's so old i don't want to talk about it let's talk about something else Anyway, so they asked me the question and I was like, I was like, oh, you guys know about that? Like, yeah, like me and my mother are great. We're really good now. Things are fine. And they were like, oh, oh, okay. I saw their faces drop and I was like, because it was over a Zoom call, whatever. I was like, oh, okay. Like that's, that's like, that's the game we're playing. No worries. All good. You don't want me on the show because I'm not going to be crying about my past trauma. That's fine. Look, four years ago, I would have said yes and done it. But right now, I don't want to be on TV, Aussie TV. Are you fucking kidding me? Australians are savage. They will rip me to fucking shreds. Like, people are going to be critiquing me anyway, being on Big Brother. Imagine critiquing me after telling a coming out story and, like, being kicked out of home as a Middle Eastern. The Middle Eastern community in Australia would absolutely devour me. Like, they would eat me alive. And I don't have the patience. I don't have the time. Like, there's a lot going on in my life right now. Imagine being on TV and talking about that and the repercussions that would have. I, I can't. I can't, I can't even think about it. It makes me sick. Like, put me on TV. Let's talk about something good. Let's talk about something positive. Let me be an influence. Let me be an influential person. Let me talk about something motivational, uplifting, inspiring. I don't want to be on TV crying. And, you know, they didn't like that. They didn't like that. So, um, yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get the opportunity. Who knows? Maybe they'll reconsider it. Who knows? The last topic for today's podcast, I want to talk to you guys. All right, so... I know I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna come off a certain way, but like when I'm in a highly stressful situation, I need to get off. Okay, if you want to judge me, judge me. If you get it, you get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. I need to get off. I need to do my business. Anyway, I met up with this guy the other night, and he was Colombian. It was amazing. It was great. It was hot. I was really into it. Now, when I got there, his house was absolutely disgusting. It was filthy. It was so dirty. But not dirty as in there was shit on the walls, but dirty as in there was so much clutter. There was, like, clothes everywhere, like, suitcases, like, opened and, like, clothes hanging off the seats and the chairs. And I was like, um, weird vibe. I'm not going to ask him too many questions, whatever. Anyway, so we did our thing, and it was amazing, and I was really into it. And, um, you know, it was great. I really, really enjoyed my time with them. And, you know, he felt the same way. But look, I'm really fucking nosy. If you're going to bring me into your house, make sure you hide your shit because I'm really fucking nosy. I'm a nosy Nelly. And, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm so open about my stories is because I know how nosy other people are because I get it because I'm fucking nosy too. So if people are curious about shit, I get it because I'm curious as well. Anyway, so I was at his house and after I fucked him, I was basically walking around his house just being really nosy. And I... I was like, there's a lot of medication everywhere. Um, and, you know, I was reading it, as you do. And he was like laying there staring at me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just having a browse. And he laughed at it. He didn't really care, but he laughed at it. Most people would be really upset. But to be honest, I don't fucking care. If I'm in your house, but ass naked, I'm going to walk around and have a stroll and get myself a glass of water if you're not offering me, which he didn't. So I poured myself a glass of water, walked around. And I was like, um, why do you have Viagra sitting on the table? aren't you 25 years old? Like, why is a 25 year old on Viagra? From my personal experience, I've like, I've never heard of such a young person being on Viagra. So I was like, this is really new and different. So I was like, and he's like, oh yeah, like sometimes I need it. I was like, okay, cool. No worries. And deep down, I was like, that's not right. He's lying to me. Anyway. So I walked around and there were sleeping pills like scattered everywhere. I'm like, there's sleeping pills here as well. Like, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? And he was like, yeah, I just don't get enough sleep. I was like, okay, cool. No worries. 
And then I noticed the amount of suitcases lying around. I'm like, why are there so many suitcases on the floor? Are you going somewhere? He's like, yeah, I'm going away for Christmas. I was like, oh, nice. Where are you going? He's like, oh, like, I'm just going to visit friends in Brisbane, in Queensland. I was like, oh, cool, cool. Um, where's your family, by the way? He's like, oh, my family's in Colombia. I was like, oh, nice. I'm like, are you visiting them over Christmas? He said, no. I said, oh, okay, cool. So you're just traveling for Christmas and stuff. That's nice. I'm like, well, what do you do for work? I mean, these are conversations you would think you would have earlier, but obviously I didn't. I was really horny. I need to get my shit done. And I got it done. Don't judge me. If you get it, you get it. If you don't get it, I'm sorry. I've had a stressful fortnight. I need to get off. <sighs> I'm like, Tim, what do you do for work? He's like, oh, I travel a lot for IT. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I don't know a single IT person that travels let alone carries this many suitcases. So you know what, Inspector Clouseau, he myself, I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep, I'm going to mind my business for once and I'm going to shut the fuck up and I'm going to pick up my bag and go home. So I was like, nice to meet you. Uh, I'm sure we'll catch up another time, whatever. Picked up my shit and went. It was all adding up. Like, I get it. I get people need to do their business, but I wish there was disclosure. So I did my research. I hopped on the internet. I went on rentboy.com and, you know, behold... He's, you know, a high-end escort here, you know, in this city. Look, I respect the sex industry and I respect sex work and sex work is work. Get your business, get your money, get your coin, do what you need to do. I think there needs to be disclosure. I personally feel like you need to disclose that because I don't know what you're getting up to and to put myself in that situation. I mean, I think I'm part to blame as well. But then again, you don't go asking people, are you an escort? I feel like that would trigger and upset a lot of people. But I feel like you as an escort may or should disclose that. I don't know. That's my opinion. Is it problematic? Potentially. Are you going to cancel me for it? Probably. Do I care? Not really. But I feel like you should disclose that because I don't know how many guys are coming into your room at night at 4 a.m. fucking you raw coming inside you and they're fucking you raw. Like, I don't know what you're getting up to. So me, you know, as a non-escort person, like, obviously, I choose my people very carefully. And, you know, it, 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 like, in saying that I'm not, like, um, like, there are limits. And, you know, there are certain limits that I apply, obviously. Like, you know, there are my standards. I have standards and I have my expectations and my requirements. But, you know... After reading his escort profile, I was like, damn, he gets into a lot of shit and he does a lot of shit and he is hooking up with left, right and center. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. Fucking hell. This guy even has reviews. I'm like, this is high end. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, why could you not tell me that? Like, I felt so, like, I felt like, I felt like maybe this is a problematic, but I felt like, I felt like he should have disclosed that to me. Like, I feel like I should have known um, why I feel like I should have known? Well, I don't know. I, I feel like, would that have changed if I had slept with him? Probably. I just, I don't know. I just feel like if you're an escort, you're probably doing a lot of freaky shit than I'm doing and like exposing yourself to a world of more, um, like issues and like STIs and stuff like, you know, chlamydia and gonorrhea and all of that is treatable. But if you're like escorting, then you could be exposing yourself to a lot by way of anonymous sex, you know, guys, guys that are paying for sex, you know, can expose you to a lot. Like there's a certain demographic, um, that may expose you to 
certain things that, you know, the everyday person might not be exposed to because they're not getting into those practices that you have advertised on your escort profile as being open to. Like, there's a reason I don't do anonymous sex. There's a reason I don't go to saunas or bathhouses. Like, I don't want those things um, coming into contact with me, right? So I felt like there needed to be some kind of disclosure. I don't know. Some people are going to disagree. Some people might agree, but I feel like if you're a high-end escort and you're advertising all these crazy, crazy fetishes and kinks and pretty much saying you're open to everything and anything with absolutely anybody, as long as they pay you, that's pretty fucking scary. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be some kind of disclosure about that. I don't know. Cancel me, whatever. It's my opinion, but yeah, I mean... I think escorts are getting up to a lot more than what, you know, the average Joe Blogs is. That's fair, right? Possibly not. A lot of people are going to disagree. But just like navigating his profile on Rent Boy and walking around his room, I was like, this, yeah. I was like, it's, yeah, something's, something's, something's going on here. He's 25 years old on Viagra. He doesn't sleep. He's on sleeping pills, really heavy sleeping pills at that. He seems to have, you know, sleeping pills. God, like he had this whole cabinet full of like, you know, prescribed, like all these things. I was like, God, like, fuck, like you're putting, like you're like, really? You're doing all of that at 25? Why can't you just like fucking go bartend or be a personal trainer? No, I shouldn't say that. Now I'm being judgmental. But look, I just, I don't know. I felt like there needed to be some disclosure. If you guys agree, let me know. Sound off. If you disagree, let me know too. Um, probably a lot of people are going to be upset at that, but I feel like if you are promoting yourself in that way and saying that you're pretty much open to anything and everything with anybody, as long as there's a good fee or sum paid to you and cash in hand, you know, leave the money on the table and go home. It was really upsetting. Like I got upset a bit. Like I felt really bad because he was beautiful. Like he was stunning. He was gorgeous. Like such a gorgeous 25 year old boy, my age, but he was stunning. Like this stunning Colombian guy, like absolutely beautiful. It just broke my heart. I was like, damn, like subjected to all that, all those drugs and pills. And like, damn, like it made me really sad. I was like, it breaks my heart. And like his family's in Colombia. It's coming up to Christmas. He's got nobody for Christmas. I almost wanted to invite him over for Christmas to have dinner. I don't know. I just felt really bad. I was like, he's on Rent Boy at 25 doing all these things. Like, it's not good for his health. I don't know. Uh, no, what am I doing? Like, this is this is, this is is exactly what I was talking about. Like, this is how where my mind goes. I instantly want to take care of people. It's not my fucking job. It's not my job. It's not my job. Anyway, we got into a bit of a tiff, riff, whatever. We got into a bit of a kerfuffle about me being like to him, like, could you not have told me that you're an escort? He's like, I'm really sorry. Like, he was actually apologetic about it. Um, yeah, he had actually apologized about it. And I was like, you know what? It's actually not your fault. I was just being nosy. I probably should have kept my business to myself, kept, you know, minded my own business. But, um, you know my curiosity got the best of me and I did some research. I don't know. I feel like deep down, like deep down, I wanted that disclosure. I wanted him to tell me, but is it his fault? I don't think so. Like that's his work. Um, that's his job. You know, that's, he's on, you know, he's a student visa. He's like studying abroad. His family's, you know, if, and he, he said he's making great money. So if that makes him happy, do it. I don't know. It just broke my heart a little bit. And I, I did get upset, but now that I think about it, I'm like, mm. I don't know. Is it really his fault? I don't really think it's his fault. I mean, I don't know. That's his choice. It's his decision. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I got scared for my own safety and stuff there. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Let me know. Yeah. 
a few things to take away from this podcast. I'm keen to hear from you guys. Let me know your thoughts. Love you. Stay safe.